live for the First Strike Podcast. <laughs> I was KYT, and we are sponsored by FaceFaceGames.com. Check out their website because we're having, we've started this a few weeks ago, but we have a big weekly sale now, and this time is your best chance to get all those Caledash singles before uh, they're, they're out of standard. <laughs> 15% off, and that's why we're, we're doing a special on them. But if there's specific ones that, that you've been waiting to get on, just to either play with them this weekend or post-rotation, play, you need them for modern, uh, it's a good time to acquire uh, some of those cards. So definitely go to We got Dan back on the show because early we, we had Edgar back on the show due to his run goods. And this time, Dan, we, we talked to him about SCG how he may or may not play SCG. Syracuse make the trip there. Edgar said he, he might go down. And, you know, Dan, Dan felt really, really good about his deck last week. Uh, how, how did you end up doing that? I, uh, I made the top eight. I, it, went, it went pretty swimmingly, I, I would say, up, up until the last, last match there. Right? <laughs> uh, you're, you just talked about needing to move last week did you finally make your move or, or did you you're just moving into another room another kick-ass backdrop to show off <laughs> so i'm moving over the course of this week i got my new place on tuesday but uh, you asked me to do the podcast but i don't really have an apartment to uh to, to cast from it's all it's all boxes and everything's put up so i'm actually at the office right now i uh, i've stayed uh, you know the the, the night at, at work um yeah it's just i guess my my extreme dedication to my craft <laughs> it, looks, it looks really nice. <laughs> it's beautiful. Got to say hi to Andy. Missed you last week. How's it going, my man? Oh, it's just fantastic. The best day of my life. <laughs> All right. I love to hear that. I love to hear that enthusiasm. And Derek, <laughs> Derek, how's it going? Oh, things are good. Things are also good. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We we talked about your list and and Edgar had, had sort of inter mini interviewed you and asked you about your specific card choices. Um, did did any of them? Did you make any specific ones that we had talked about? Um. Yeah, I think uh, I think Edgar. There was a couple people on. Uh, I, I want to say the Thursday or the Friday leading up to the event who had spoken about hieroglyphic elimination in blue white. Um, I hadn't put any games in. Actually, Andy was one of the folks who reached out to me uh, looking for my opinion on on that card. Um, I hadn't played any games with it. Wasn't really familiar with you know the swap, but you know it's it's not too different in terms of uh, what it does to your overall game plan. It's something like opt. So I thought it would be an easy swap to just you know try out and, and look into. Um, I still maintain that it's not exactly the axis that you want to be fighting on with this current iteration of the deck uh, based on the construction of, you know, the sweepers that you're trying to take advantage of Terminus. You just really want to maximize your chances of getting that. Um, it was okay. Didn't overperform, didn't really underperform. It just sort of was. Granted, I only played one copy, so um, not a whole lot of, you know, uh, feedback to provide on that front. Uh, but I did make a few card switches here and there. Um, brought up until and click out of the board, put it in the main, uh, swapped a rest in peace for a surgical extraction, just things that I was sort of toying around with in my head the last week or so. Um, all that being said, in hindsight, I wish I didn't change a card. <laughs> uh, 
maybe maybe keep the Vendelian click uh, in the main deck as it was, but like I, I wish I had access to that other rest in peace. I wish I had access to that other opt. Hmm. I'm, I'm looking at your list here. Uh, so so people playing their next modern adventure should revert back to your old list. Is what you're saying? Um. Honestly, if you're going to make the one change, I think it should just be the resting piece. I like having the hammers in, come in after board in the matchups where you need them. I think that's really one of blue White's strengths. It does have the ability to just drop a hammer like Stony Silence, drop a hammer like a Bane Slayer Angel, drop a hammer like a resting piece. Um, that's really the appeal of playing a deck like this to my to me. Other than you know taking advantage of the fact that you get to play Jace and Teferi, which are just not reasonable magic cards. Um, yeah, you know, just having tools like uh you know hieroglyphic elimination in the mirror or in the you know the thoughtsies matchups or having access to you know surgical extraction against storm or against dredge they're just not as effective as the other possible card choices and given the construction of the deck how it is right now maximizing on terminuses um i just prefer you know the previous iteration of what i was playing uh it's not bad just wasn't you know as strong didn't have the same sort of you know hammer as uh as the other iteration um granted again we're only talking about one or two card choices here so it's not going to make or break a tournament tech (laughs) probably not but you know um you you, you talk about jace and and teferi i'm sure every time i mention jace my sculptor i can see a a smile in in derek Uh, in the top 32, there are only two, I think, from my quick scan, two decks that played Jason Weinsculpted yourself and a Blue Moon deck. So it's not, you're, you're representing the Jace flag, my man. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm completely out to lunch, but, uh, you know, every single time I cast them, every single time I activate them, I just, I don't, I don't feel like the games are even, you know, they're not even close. Yeah, I, again, maybe I know nothing. Maybe... <laughs> You know, maybe maybe people are doing some smarter things out there than I am, and I'm just you know catching uh, you know the right the right wind and getting lucky. But uh, I, it just seems entirely unreasonable to me that they let you play with these cards and people aren't uh, you know taking every every opportunity to, to take advantage of it. Derek, <laughs> you should try. You should pick up this deck, the the main Jace deck in the format. I am not smart enough to play a control deck. Somebody will put a non-creature spell in front of my face, and I'll go negate, and then they'll play a better non-creature spell. I'll be like, ah, <laughs> how did I get hooked like this? I'm the control player. It just happens all or I'll, like, chase lock myself on turn four somehow. I don't know. I'll stick to humans where I can attack with creatures. Um, that is another thing that I, that, that maybe, maybe I'll pause it. Like, I haven't actually done the research, so I could be completely wrong on this front. But, uh, this is not a fast deck like humans, like Burn, like Living End, whatever else you can play in Modern. Um, I think it's entirely reasonable to assume that, you know, a lot of the blue-white players or Jeskai players over the course of the tournament took a lot of draws because you do need to play really, really fast. And, uh, I mean, when, when you're playing fast, you're not making, you know, technically... Uh, well-informed decisions 100% of the time either. I certainly caught myself with that, uh, especially as the tournament went long and I was getting a little drained, you know, making really poor decisions quickly that, you know, could backfire. Obviously, they worked out well for me, but uh, sometimes you have to play at lightning speed just to avoid that draw. 
And uh, that could very well be what happened to at least a number of the other pilots that were playing these. Because I do know that there were other people in later rounds playing J strategies. How did your tournament go? Yeah, I have a couple of draws. <laughs> what, about, what about you? I'm in top eight. Wow. <laughs> you must be fast. You must be fast. Um, then you, it's not like you said the tournament was super smooth until the last match. Were you undefeated heading into uh, top eight? No. So, I mean, I took one loss on day one, and then my first two rounds of day two, I took a loss as well. Um, what I meant specifically was in the top eight against my match uh, with Living End. He just walked over me. Like, it wasn't even particularly close. My draws were pretty slow, um, and I stumbled on mana, and he essentially killed me on turn three both games. Um, he just, you know, killed my land, and then resolved a living end for two or three creatures, and I couldn't do anything. I just died. And it was, it was pretty embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I, most people that were talking to me at that point were giving me uh, I mean, they, they, they were congratulating me on the top eight saying, you know, you have a great matchup in the corners, uh, you know, like living end is, 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 is not necessarily a buy, but you know, like blue white's really well positioned, really favored. And I'm sitting there thinking like, I haven't played this matchup, but like, I can sort of see the writing on the wall for how I'm going to lose this. And sure enough, like it just happened, you know, <laughs> what did you lose to in day, day one and day two then? Uh, I lost a burn on day one. Um, I'm pretty confident that I punted that matchup. Uh, I, I did a pretty poor job playing around Eidolon and Revel, but I could have done better and probably would have won. Um, and then day two, I lost to Storm. Uh, I stumbled a little bit out of the gate on turn on game three, and he just straight up punished me for doing so. Um, Probably, I would say a well-deserved loss just on the, on the basis that I think that that's a really poor matchup for, for Blue-White or one that, you know, could certainly be better. I, it, it's one that I, that I, that I would not want to face. Uh, and then I lost to, to Humans the very next round, so that would have been the second round of day two. Um, again, not particularly close. I stumbled on mana both games. Uh, really wasn't able to, to do anything that I was, that, that the deck is built to do. And he just, you know, walked, walked over me with ease. It was, uh, it's pretty embarrassing, but, um, yeah, I mean, the matches that went well, they went really well. And, uh, there were a few that were, that were real sweats, um, including a couple control mirrors, um, uh, against people who are familiar with the first strike podcast, people that, you know, tuned in last week and they, they had asked me ahead of the match. So like, Hey, were you on first strike? I was like, mm, Maybe I was. <laughs> no, let's let's pretend that you don't know what I'm playing. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, overall, they were they were fun matches. They were good, and uh, I enjoyed myself. <laughs> Are you that guy with the nice? Was it a painting on the on the wall? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, nice posters. They're they're taken down now. Thanks for reminding me that I'm moving out and everything's in boxes. <laughs> Really nice stuff. Um, Annie, Annie, do you have any questions for, for Dan for uh, the blue-white archetype? Uh, I don't think I have any questions. I, I asked him about the hieroglyphic illumination, and I, I personally really like it, but we played almost the exact same lists. Like, the list I'm playing is, like, identical to yours, except the three, uh, or sorry, the two serum visions are also two more hieroglyphics. And then my sideboard's, like, one was one card different. Like, I wanted Surgical so that I could beat Tron by Field of Rune Surgical. 
was sort of my logic for having surgical, but I could be swayed yeah. back to rest in peace to just kind of give up because I think that matchup's just awful. Um, I'll be honest, like in two tournaments now, like over 30 rounds, I've never played against Tron. Maybe I'm lucky. <laughs> Who knows? Um, a hieroglyph. It's a, the, I'll, I'll challenge the Serum Visions thing. If you track all my results over the last, over the three weeks, I think 90% of the matchups that I've lost are because I've stumbled on the early turns, stumbled on my mana. Uh, and I think Serum Visions is easily the best card that you could have to, to transition from the early to the late game um, and help smooth out your draws. Uh, that's a card that I was considering cutting to try out the hieroglyphic basically on your uh, advice because uh, you had told me as much that you had cut the Serum Visions. Um, I must have spent half an hour just thinking about, you know, what that would do to some of my games. And I, I just couldn't bring myself to cut the Serum Visions for that reason. Again, as the deck is currently constructed, I, I do think, I do believe that having some quantity of Serum Visions gives you the ability to, again, transition from early to late and make sure that your draws are smoothed out. Um, yeah, I mean, hieroglyphics, it, 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 it's not bad, but I, I was beating up on, pe on people in the Mirror All Tournament who, who were using it for the sheer reason that, like, I don't think that the Mirror is won by small incremental amounts of, of card advantage. I think that they're, they're won by having Planeswalker dominance on the board. Um, there were multiple occasions, too, in fact, where my opponent would tap out and have turned to cast Hieroglyphic and Illumination, and I would just counter it with a Cryptic Command and then bounce their Jacer to Fairy. And then immediately take over the board because I now have the Planeswalker, uh, you know, in play, and and theirs is back in their hand, and they have to force uh, or they have to fight at sorcery speed. So, um, I, honestly, to me, it was like a way to take advantage of tight games because my plan after board is just bring in dispel and fight from a mana efficiency standpoint, whereas they're bringing in. You know, uh, Bane Slayer Angels, and you know maybe another couple copies of Negate, and are just trying to fight me on like card advantage and card quality. And uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I fundamentally believe that that's where the advantages are gained in the mirror is like just getting in early and fighting with more efficient spells. And I don't see Hieroglyphic Illumination as one of those spells. Yeah, I've seen uh, some people on Twitter were talking about how Blue White's not like a typical control deck. It's more of a, a prison deck just trying to set up the Planeswalkers, and then the rest kind of it takes care of itself. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I'd agree with that. All right, thanks. There's, I mean, there's definitely a reality where Hieroglyphic, you know, is the optimal spell. Um, and, 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 you know, I can, I can certainly envision a future where that's the case. I just think that, like, it's, we're yet to transition to that point. The format has yet to you know, steer in that direction. All right. I think, oh, Andy, do you have any modern tournaments coming up? I hope not. I can't think of any in the, in the near future. Uh, Let's unpack that statement, shall we? Andy, what did you mean by that? I mean that I I don't like to play modern competitively. Who oh, likes to play, who likes playing modern competitively? Come on. Okay, can I can I raise two hands here? Like, <laughs> you're not you're you're not allowed to answer this question, right? You seem to be the only person that's winning. It's a conflict of interest. 
Yeah. Moderns, you're on the Moderns payroll. You you and Andre Strosky, you have something going on. You're quitting Magic, and you come and play Modern, you just win everything you play. It's like, true. It's the quitting effect. We are, we are, we are, we are whitelisted. Yeah. Whitelisted pros. Come Kale. on, man. Kale was about to quit, and then uh, he won Nationals and a GP in like a month. Yeah, you have to, you have to quit, and you have to mean it. And then relapse. You have to really hate Magic. What is going on? What is going on? You like it too much, Derek. I, I, it, it likes me too sometimes. It, it gives me just enough wins where it's like, keep coming back. And I'm like, yeah, this game's great, but I never seem to get there, you know? I, just, I guess I just got to give it up. He's faking <laughs> it. He's faking it. Yeah, I hate Magic. I'm quitting. <laughs> Dan, have you had a chance to look at... Uh... Joel Larson's list. He uh, he actually finished in the finals of Stockholm, losing to Strasbourg yeah. uh, Bird Spirits. I remember looking it up in the car ride home and thinking to myself that I really liked what he had done with the list. I'm going to look it up right now just for uh, for reference sake. Yeah, I had a but, I had uh, about that. That and uh, his list and Luis Salvato's list. Uh, I think Yoles had two ancestral vision and Salvato. Just going to bring that up. Um, yeah, I was just going to bring that up. I'm not a huge fan of Ancestral Vision personally. Um, don't really like it all that much. Uh, however, it is it is a pretty good trump in the mirror. Again, it forces you know the opponent to to act first. Uh, I, I think it is much better than you know hieroglyphic for the sake that you don't have to actually tap it or use your mana to do anything. It it it, it really caters to that mana efficiency that I was that I was speaking to. With that said, I just don't know that there's you know many other matchups where it's particularly uh, great. Um, on the whole, though, Joel's list looks looks quite good. Um, I like it. I like that he doesn't lean on um, wrath effects like others do. I think we talked last week at uh, about how, um, and maybe I'm completely making this up, and how a lot of other blue white lists lean on like wrath of God and supreme verdict in the main deck. Um, I, I personally believe and want my my sweepers to guaranteed clear the board. Um, you know, get around recursion effects, get around instructability, get around whatever, and terminus and settle the wreckage. Do just that. Joel seems to agree, uh, and, and you know, I, w- I would I would be willing to bet that 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 you know worked out well for him, and that's why he did so well. It seemed more popular in Stockholm, Blue White. We had like, like uh, Derek Manson Salvato playing it. We had Ivan Flock playing it. And uh, so we had four copies in the top 16 of Stockholm, whereas we had the lone copy represented by Dan in the SCG Syracuse. Um, but yeah, uh, for those of you who haven't, uh, who didn't check it out, Andre Strasky ended up winning with Bant Spirits. And that's the deck that is somewhat popular across the board. And what, what do you think about that deck, Dan? It's definitely very good. Uh, I would actually go on a limb and say it's better than humans, especially in the, head on, the, the heads-up match. I think that it's better at fighting humans than humans is at fighting it. Uh, so I think it's well-positioned. Um, I have played against it a handful of times, I think three times over the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't find the match particularly challenging for blue white i mean it's obviously a very good deck and you need to be very careful but 
your life total is a resource and you can absolutely take advantage of that. You can go to one life with ease and, uh, and still, you know, win, win those games. Uh, you don't need to worry about, you know, straight burn spells or, or, you know, any, any law, I mean, more land aside, uh, you don't need to worry about any, uh, cards to get recursive value when they're on the board and start accumulating a board position. Um, Geist is tough to beat. He can be a challenge, but Terminus is very good in that matchup. Their cards like Spell Queller don't, uh, don't counter it very well. Um, well, they don't counter at all. Uh, and it's a very efficient board clear. Um, so I, it, it's a good deck. I think uh, it, it, I almost feel like it's been designed to prey on blue-white, but I'm not convinced that it does a terrific job of doing so with, with, with the aside of them perhaps stealing some games with Geist. But, uh, but yeah, no, good deck. I, I would recommend others play it. I think Edgar played it this weekend. I don't know how that well went for him in particular. I, I'd be curious to hear his thoughts. But uh, good deck. Good, not great. I don't know what its other matchups look like aside from blue-eye control and humans. Um, but, you know, cool combination of cards. And they have nice art. <laughs> that's, that's always a plus. Um, moving to standards, and then Derek has a little bit more experience with. There's a there's a standard PPTQ at the local Montreal face face game store. So what what you've been playing, Derek? I've still just been jamming red black. Uh, I think the format for the past two or three months has just been pretty straightforward. Uh, it was red black and Esper, some blue white, and then blue black started popping up again later in the format. Uh, I think Red Black is just the best deck. Chain Roller is really, really, really good. And then you have cards like Chandra that are also very good. Um, rotation is going to be tough, obviously. Uh, they lose Beaumont, Courier, Chandra, uh, Unlicensed Disintegration, Heart of Kieran, uh, the Cycle Lands. Like, so many things are gone out of Red Black. But I think Red White is looking really powerful, especially with the, the Tajik spoiler today. Um, that card looks really sweet. And although Shock's still in the format, um, Magnus Bray is not. So you can have some more recursive threat, threats. And yeah, uh, I also like Mono Green coming out of the new standard. The new one drop that Gabby Spark spoiled today is uh, it's very powerful. It's the new experiment one, but it also gets trample when you have three plus one plus one counters. And it's also when creatures die, which is also pretty sweet. So, if, like, you play that card, and then you play a Steel Leaf Champion, and they kill the Steel Leaf Champion, all of a sudden you have a 3-3. Three, three. It's just, like, really cool. Uh, it makes the green deck actually not awful. Although the exclusive First Strike podcast card destroys the mono green deck. So, uh, you better watch out for that one in white sideboards. Because I think the third deck that's going to show up is the Teferi decks. Uh, Teferi's still a very, very, very powerful magic card. and we do have another disallow like reprint uh, with Side of the Wreckage still in the format. So I think that like a red white aggro deck, a mono green deck, and a blue white Teferi deck are going to be like the first three decks you see popping up. And then some people will shove Assassin's Trophy and poorly built decks for the first couple of weeks. Wow. Lots of info there in, in the minor deck. Um, before we ask the other guys about, about the new cards, the new standard. So. If people are, are, are still having important tournaments this weekend, it's uh, your, your advice is don't be stupid and, and play black red? Pretty much, yeah. Unless you're really, really comfortable with another deck, 
just play play red black. Uh, I know there was a PTQ on Moto last weekend. I don't know if there's one this weekend. Um, but yeah, if you have a, if you have any sort of standard event, just, just play red black or play an aggro deck. Play the Wizards Lightning Bolt deck if you want. Most people aren't playing standard really competitively right now because the format's pretty dead. There's still, there's still tournaments left, though. There's still tournaments left, and I, if there was one last week, what what took it down? Uh, Red Black took it down. Uh, I actually know the guy. He's a European. His name's Carl Serap, I think. He went with Red Black. Well, there you have it. It's just the best. It's just the best deck. Just- <laughs> All right. Uh, to move to, to the to the new cards. The card that was followed by, by us uh, for, on the First Strike Twitter was Citywide Bus. Bust. Double white, one colorless, three to cast. Destroy <laughs> all creatures with toughness four or greater. That is quite the narrow condition and uh, definitely for, in my opinion, for competitive play, likely sees play in the sideboard and even at that, but uh, I'm not sure... Like it hits a lot of stuff in mono green, but is it excellent? I mean, what do you think, Andy? It doesn't hit Vine Mare. <laughs> if it hit Vine Mare, then maybe it could be a reasonable cyborg card against mono Ooh, green, and it might be shit. anyway. But the fact that it doesn't hit Vine Mare is just devastating. It's already the hardest card for you to kill. That's a really strong point. And it doesn't hit the best card against you. Yeah. So, so that's pretty frightening. I mean, uh, that's what Settle the Wreckage is for. He's got to cast your, your citywide bus for your non-Vine Mare and your Settle the Wreckage for your Vine Mares. I wish it was called Citywide Bus. It's just a really big bus. There will definitely be some altars, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. It's a really big bus. It's like a really, really big bus. Just or, like, or it travels a lot. Ravnica, uh, City of Buses. <laughs> What's, what's the local transit like? Yeah, it's their a guild of painted bus. <laughs> oh. oh, god, that's hilarious. That that what was your first? Uh, what's your first impression of this card? Did you white bust? I'd say it is a main deck bust uh, overall. I, I don't think that it's going to see a whole lot of play uh, off the get go. If it does, that would be uh, entirely because the green deck is uh, it, it, it is, is assuming you know pr- uh, popularity, uh, which which is probably going to be what happens right out of the gates until the format adjusts. But uh, oftentimes, when you see wrath effects like this, they have more of a pronounced effect on the way the format shakes out rather than what decks use them so i would use languish as an example that was uh, a four mana sorcery black uh, gives all creatures minus four minus four if i remember correctly back when that card was standard legal it didn't see a whole lot of play but it sort of shaped the way decks were built and what creatures were good and um if i had to use you know a past example to sort of carry forward into the new format and what new standard is going to look like, I would imagine that this spell will sort of dictate which creatures are going to start seeing play. And I think Vimeir is an excellent example. Obviously, it's already seeing play, but that's an excellent example of a creature that dodges an effect like this 
and thus sees a boost in popularity because of that, because there's fewer ways to answer it. That's a, that's a good summary. Uh, we'll move to some of the other cards. Um, Dark Highlight, Tajik, Legion's Edge, three to cast, one white, one red, one colorless, three, two, haste. As the mentor ability, when this creature attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on target attacking creature with lesser power. Prevent all non-combat damage that would be dealt to other creatures you control. And you can pay red, white, Tajik, Legion's Edge, gains first strike until end of turn. It has first strike, which we got in that card, but uh <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 this podcast name, isn't it? <laughs> yes it is. It's not Man of the Prime. Stop giving me like disrupted spells. I'm tired of getting sinkhole. I'm tired of getting okay. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What Watsi, I love any preview cards you give me. Um especially Grim Flare. That was a that was the hotness. I really uh, uh, I really wish we got the cat as the preview card. <laughs> you see the cat today? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a, he's a, that's a good boy. He brought you a present. A generous stray. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Man, this Tajik guy has a lot of text. He does a lot of things. Have yeah. you seen Aurelia? Ooh, Aurelia can be found with the dirty bugs. She's, she's, she's a big mama. She's, she's good. Imagine playing Tajik and then Aurelia. Look at all the words on these things. Yeah, Aurelia's full of words too. It's like yeah. that's a lot of its, English. At its at its base, it's a, a four mana four five flying vigilance haste. Yeah, the the Boros really like reading. It's all about education. Yeah, you can do a <laughs> lot of stuff. You can give the double striker the plus two plus zero oh, and uh, vigilance as well, like the red white double strike little fella. Can't be dealt non non combat damage. Man, good for them. Good for these cards. I'm glad that they have so much text. Mm-hmm. I bet that's really good. That's all I got. <laughs> so, Aurelia, for, for the listeners that don't know, who haven't checked the uh, preview, it's a uh, four to cast, one white, one red, and two colorless for two five flying. Also has Mentor. Uh, outside of that, she has at the beginning of combat on your turn, choose up to one target creature you control until end of turn, that creature gets plus two plus zero, gains trample if it's red, and gains vigilance if it's white. Are are you done? Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of text. That's a lot of stuff. This card looks sweet. I... She gets hit by the bus. But, uh, <laughs> just like a bus just hits her. How can you hit an angel with a bus? It doesn't make sense. This is a flavor fail. Somebody call a Morthos person. Come on. She definitely gets hit by the bus. I would imagine most of the other cards in an Aurelia based deck, if you can even say such a thing, would not, though. So. I don't think that's a real concern. No, she looks really good. If there's a red-white creature deck, I would expect her to uh, to be at the forefront of, the, of, of why that is. Uh, looks pretty sweet. Yeah, we also have like the strange time walk in Boros. The you get an extra turn, and I believe all your all your permanents, no creatures. Hold on. So one red-white instant creatures you right. control gain indestructible until end of turn. Take an extra turn after this one. At the beginning of that turn's end step, you lose. Yeah, so she doesn't get hit by the bus. You cast the bus, and you cast I'm that walking. card, and you win the game. What, what's this card called? 
Final. Okay, it's a translate, so I don't know. <laughs> it's final, final Morton. Morton. <laughs> so I didn't want to say that. It's uh, it's definitely one of those translated cards that uh, didn't port over so well. But uh, oh, okay, yeah. a chance for glory. On, That's uh, its name. Yep. On on salvation. So three three cast. Right, you said three cast instant. So yeah, one red white. Okay. Hmm. Yes. Just like a different glorious end. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, I would. Because like you could like survive a wrath and then take another like you get the next turn after this one, or you could just time walk and try and kill them in two attacks. Right? Is that how it works? I can't believe Wizards printed this card. Time walk. It's so good at all these creature based decks. You know, you just like you already have a board position. Your opponent's probably already dead to another attack, and you probably die the following turn if they attack you. It's a good thing you have exactly this. Three mana time walk. <laughs> Could just be like a lightning strike or something. Yeah, card's great. I, I, you're not serious, right? No, 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 no. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Please play this card. I do a temperature check. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this card's great. I think everybody should play it. Four in your sideboard. My my brain hurts. I'm, I'm actually confused. Um, he doesn't think it's good, Car Young Tom. At, like at all, like even is, is a no, throwaway I think, copy. It, it no. might, I think it might be good. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, I think every card needs to like. It, it's going to be contextual based on how the format shakes out. Uh, there are a whole bunch of different factors that could lead to something like this being very good. I doubt that's going to happen. I, I, I significantly doubt that this card will see any play, much like Glorious End. Yeah, it is much more similar to Glorious End than it looks on its surface. Because, like, if you even think about the Wrath thing, that they could Wrath you, and then you'll still survive. You can just end the turn and then get the extra turn, essentially, after as well. So it's pretty similar in in most effects, but maybe this one's good. Maybe the deck's fast enough or swarmy enough, and this is just the kind of reach it needs. But it is doubtful. I would rather play Boros Guildgate, personally. I mean, it seems like, well, maybe not across the board, but it seems like they are pushing uh, a lot of beefy creatures at the four mana cost slot. We talked about No Hype. Yeah. Ferox 6 6. Aurelia is a 4 5 flyer for four that has a lot of text on it, so it does other things. Um, Yeah, they're they're, they're pushing. I, I'm just curious. I, I don't know. This might be... You don't think this might be playable down? Like, one copy and some, like, super hyper-aggro Boros deck? It is it's just, just so glorious. Like, it, 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 it's, it's so... Condi- yeah, I mean, it is glorious. And it, it, it's so... Condi- like, if your opponent isn't trying to wrath your board... And they're instead just trying to like pick off your creatures with one for one removal spells over the course of a couple of turns. This card is just like a mulligan. Like it just literally does nothing. It also your opponent it, needs to be wrapping your board every single turn for this to have any effect. <laughs> it's also like really bad against Brass's Contempt, which is probably going to be a two to four of in the format, and they gain two life. So, like, now you have this three-mana card that needs a board state, needs you to have them dead, and needs 
them to not have like an exile effect. Uh, and like you can't you can't go one for one with your opponent. They like they also can't have settled the wreckage, right? Like there, there's so many things where it's just conditional. So. I think you, you got me. And, and I think I love how Dan describes the card now. I'm going to have to use it to all these cards that, that I think I suck. This card is like, is like a mulligan. <laughs> but actually, a mulligan does something. It changes. It potentially changes your hand to a better hand. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a good way of looking at basically any <laughs> conditional card that like needs a, a specific game state to have any effect. It's like, if this card is not actively you know doing something to 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 progress the game state or win the game it is as good as a dead card it is as good as as, as mulligan you know i love it oral skill um, gate would be better in a lot of situations <laughs> Derek, Derek sounded really hype about pelt collector uh what gabby sports uh, ended up previewing, and it's a one green, one one. Like, like Derek says, like experiment one, whatever. It's an elf warrior. Whenever another creature you control enters the battlefield or dies, if that creature's power is greater than Pelt Collector's, put a plus one, plus one counter on Pelt Collector. As long as Pelt Collector has three or more plus one, plus one counters on it, it has trample. Could see play uh, in, in, play. in the, in the mono green? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of elves out there now in standard, and we even have that little elf lord that was sneaking in there, and you could play like <laughs> unclaimed territory as well if there's like other colored elves, because you have Lanawar elf, the three drops an elf, and the, there's the elf lord, and then that thing's an elf. So maybe there's some elf synergies, some tribal synergies there. <laughs> you might not even need elves. Like, are, are there any other good one drops in the format? Like, it seems to me like green has the two best one drops. They do. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and you know, like this, this it, it doesn't take a whole lot for a card like this to be good. This is, this is you know, it, it's, like, it's like experiment one and, you know, chanting to the parish. I have like a love child, you know, it's like experiment two. Uh, it, it seems seems really strong there's 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 not a whole lot of downside to this card um it just seems great i think you know i think it fits perfectly into the mono green shell and it replaces a lot of the cards that are are rotating out like heart of kieran if you want to play galta in your deck and you want to curve out your opponent you want to go one drop two drop three drop galta this card is very good for that not only does it uh it uh, will probably add a counter yeah yeah, I hope Galta adds a counter. <laughs> maybe if it's like your second Galta for the day, like or your fourth, maybe. Who knows? But if you go like this into Thorn Lieutenant, into uh, Steel Leaf Champion, and they kill your Steel Leaf Champion, you now have a four-four on turn one. That's probably already done, uh, like four to eight damage, and you still have a Thorn Lieutenant, and they're on the back foot. They only have so many removal spells. If they didn't have the shock. Or the or the lightning strike uh, earlier. How are they going to kill this card? It it seems to me like it's going to be one of the best turn one plays. And if not, Landwar Elf is going to be better. But they could have the justice strike. Oh no! I forgot about the justice. Maybe you get hit by the bus. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The bus, <laughs> the bus comes in. The bus comes in. You know. Is it a may? Yeah, Do you have to put counters on? Yeah. You know, it's like nothing is safe from the bus. The thing, yeah. So one of the things I've been thinking about this new standard format is I've been trying to think of where Teferi is going to fit into all of this. So like 
the easiest color combination to play mana wise is Jeskai because you get the eight shocks and you have twelve uh buddy lands or whatever you want to call them. And all all it needs is like some good reason to play red. And I'm not sure if there is one yet, because there is a good reason to play black in Vraska's Contempt. But the the wonder is if the mana is going to be bad, because the mana is bad right now in Esper, and it doesn't really get much better. Isn't like, there the, the shock? The shock is better than the the cycle land, but it's not better than having the both cycle lands, right? Isn't there the three mana? Uh, anger deal that's yeah, deal three damage, or your creatures get lifelink, or both. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, I don't know. I think I think if you're playing Teferi, you want to be either straight blue white or Justice Strike is actually pretty good too. But, it yeah. probably kills everything. Justice Strike is. Justice Strike, red, white, instant, target creature deals damage to itself equals its power. Oh, that card's actually, yeah. Piggybacking on my previous comment, (laughs) if a card like Justice Strike is good, the format's going to change to uh, adjust to it, you know? Like, you're going to start seeing, well, I mean, expert creatures or creatures with more toughness than they have power start to be adopted just to make this card as awkward as possible. I, it, 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 Justice Strike is unlikely to see significant adoption for the long term, I think. Um, so, I, you know, I, I hesitate to want to lean on a card like that. But, Dan, the more toughness they get, the more likely they are to get hit by the bus. Baby, it's your stall. <laughs> you set me up. I should have saw that coming. If you play Teferi, you can draw all these removal spells. You yeah, you can run to them. Oh, you just, man. You just have mana. You have the best planeswalker in the format. You have, it's yeah. over. So you can play the Deafening Clarion, the three damage spell, and the bus. Nothing will live. Exactly. Except for Teferi. You can't beat both. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you have, uh, what's that card that we talked about that's really bad, but is really good in this specific situation? We don't say it. Say Boros Guildgate instead. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have Boros Guildgate. Can we do yeah. Boros Guildgate? Yeah, Boros Guildgate's the only card that stops the bus. The bus can't get in the Guildgate. Man, Derek, I really hope there's a deck that's playable with the bus or it's a huge shame. Oh, that, I, uh, I would, uh, if I was allowed to bet on tournament magic, I would bet that there will be a bus somewhere in a blue white 75 <laughs> in the next four to six months, however long this format is. You gotta play it on stream. It's very bold. You just gotta play this card on stream. You think so? <laughs> yeah. No. I, I think I think there will be one. I think there will be at least one in the seventy-five. This top- playable might get played once in the in, next six months. Yeah, write it like, down. It's a called shot in a top eight <laughs> or an SCG top eight. PPTQ top eight. PPTQ the, top maybe, sixteen. Maybe it'll top eight a limited Grand Prix. You don't know. Listen, the cards. The cards fine. It's fine. Right? <laughs> it seems pretty. <laughs> it's not good. It's, it's no fumigate, but like what is right? 
No, I'm not now, now. I don't know if I'm being trolled or not. Now I don't know what's playable, what is playable anymore. I'll be here for you, Car. I'll tell you when you're being trolled. Um, but man, I keep going back to this Aurelia card because it doesn't get hit by uh, just a strike. <laughs> it's it's so big. It's a uh, four five. She's a big mama. That is a lot of text. What and a lot of text and. Great stats for for even without text, and then you add on the text, and it seems pretty sweet. Um, There's a lot of words. Right, let's do one. Oh, okay, let's do one last card, which is uh, Ritual of Suit or Sut Suit. Two colors. Two colors. Double black sorcery. Destroy all creatures with converted mana cost three or less. Okay, okay. Black rat, sort of. It doesn't it's kill fine mare. It's it's the sorcery speed consume the meat. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That card is worse than the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Is it worse I... than the? I the think bus so. is pretty bad. The bus is pretty bad. This one can... I don't know, kid. Uh, to, to me, like, if you're wrathing cards with three or less converted mana costs on turn four, you're probably already losing the game. Like, Yehenny's expertise wasn't backbreaking in last standard, and it allowed you to play another free spell afterwards. Okay, you got me there. To, to me, like, this card just isn't good enough. Uh, to me, like I think you want to be killing phoenixes, and Brass's contempt already takes that slot. Uh, or Tajik, like it kills Tajik, but it doesn't kill Aurelia. Um, so I, I don't know. It just it doesn't look good enough to me. So more more in the next six months, more copies of the bus than this card. Yes. I- I think if, if a card like this is going to see play, it needs to be a really hyper-aggressive format that doesn't cap out, at, you know, four or five mana. That, that, that's such an obvious statement, but, like, there are so many colors of mana to play with. There are so many powerful cards higher up in the curve that are being printed in this set. I, uh, I don't see this being good enough. I don't think it's going to answer the threats that are going to be really powerful and standard. I, uh, I I would like to defer back to Dan's statement earlier that if this card is powerful, then the format will automatically adjust. Yeah. In, in such that if there's a hyper like if there's a hyper green deck, then they will just side into more of a mid rangey strategy with vine mares and cards like Vivian Reed, and not and cut all the the lower costs other than like maybe a Lanowar else. And if there's like an aggressive goblin deck, then they'll just go big red if they can. Uh, and try to blank this card as uh, as much as possible. And so I think like this is just another niche best case scenario card. I mean, it's a sideboard card. I, I can't imagine a universe where this is going to be played in the main deck. And if it is, it's a product of what the format is. And that would be hyper aggressive. Um, this strikes me as I don't I, honestly I don't know if it's better or worse than something like Yehini's expertise. Um, it basically does the same thing, but you know, maybe maybe allows you as the black-based control deck to have 
larger threats that don't get shrunk down. You know, if it's really important to you to keep something on the board, um, you know, I, I, I could see you wanting a RAF like this. But again, you know, I think it's entirely contextual on what the format might look like. And I just don't see this being good enough. Maybe as a sideboard card, but that means that things are... Things are weird. <laughs> yeah, I think if the green deck really takes over like 30 or 40% of the meta, this black card will be good because it kills Steel Leaf and uh, the Pelt Collector. But like, there's just not enough text on the card. Look at Pelt Collector, look at Nullhide Ferox, look at Aurelia. They all have like 50 words. <laughs> there's like seven on this one. What did, how many words is that? <laughs> Wizards really had to hit that word, word count on the Ferox. What's going to make a little kid want to play this game? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no! <laughs> it's going to be 3-3. Where's the vanilla 3-3s? Three Just not enough words, man. Well, uh, if anyone has uh, in, in chat or uh, mostly our, our listeners, definitely hit us up on the comment section if you want us to analyze any cards or any potential decks for the next episodes. Move on to something controversial. Um, Ooh. Mainly just to just to pick Derek's brain on the situation because it's 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 sort of his friend, right, right, Derek. Um, you know, last week Matthew Folks uh, announced that on Twitter that he had been suspended for eighteen months by the DCI for attempting to steal a flooded strand promo um, on Twitterverse. I think the initial reaction was, "Wow, eighteen months is." really, really harsh for uh, what he did, trying to steal Fluttershad. Whereas, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, maybe this is great. Maybe they should start cracking down and giving harsher penalties for something like that. And that indicates that maybe they'll be harsher on things like cheating. So so a minority of people that I've heard have come with this viewpoint. So I think that that is a valid uh, point as well. And, and just wanted your take, Derek, on, on this situation. Uh, yeah, there, so this, this might take a minute for me to explain everything because, uh, I thought about this a lot, um, cause it was brought up to me, like we brought it up a couple weeks ago on the cast and Andy asked me, uh, specifically if I felt like if he didn't get caught, would he try it again? And, uh, I said maybe, or like, would he brag about it? I said maybe. Um, from what he said on Twitter was that it was sort of like a whim of the moment thing. Like, uh, I went up to hand in my deck list. They asked me if I had one. I said, no, it's lying to a judge. And I was trying to steal a promo. Um, I read a Reddit thread, a very long Reddit thread, took me some digging saying that he was purposely trying to go from judge to judge, trying to convince them that he hadn't gotten a bag yet and that he was owed another uh, flooded strand and he had done it multiple times and he, he ended up going to uh, a judge and they asked him about his bag. He said it was from Welsh nationals. And then when they investigated more, they found a specific English nationals flyer in the bag uh, disqualified for him from the event, filled out the disqualification form. And a couple weeks later, he got an 18 month ban. I've also been told by uh, a very trustworthy source that a judge has said that normally lying to a judge is only a six-month ban. That's the baseline. 
if you get banned for lying to a judge. Not everybody gets banned for lying to a judge. Um, and so 18 months is a lot. It's a very long time. Um, to me, if it was just for the flooded strand thing, I would say it's too long. Six months would have been fine. Uh, 12 months might even been too long. To me, like, I think there's, there's some more information that we're not all getting properly. And I think that he, if, if you could prove that he deserves this, like if deserving is the right word, he deserves this. And uh, to me, like he's not really a friend anymore. Uh, I think that this is the sort of thing that is like the line. It's like cheating on an event or it's whatever. Right. Like, I don't know. It, it was a lot for me to process. I, I had to think about it a lot. I had to really, really think about it. And I thought to myself, if I heard of some random that did that at a random event, would I treat them nicely? No. Like, I'm not going to be nice to Bergaccini if I ever talk to him in public. I hope he listens to this. Or, like, I'm not, I might not be nice to Jared Betcher, uh, even though, I, like, I had a conversation with him before he was banned and we were friendly, right? Like, I don't think these sort of things are excusable. I don't think the way that he apologized was acceptable. I don't think him not making a, a real big statement about it is acceptable. And, uh, yeah. I know Andy said he had some comments on it also. Yeah, so you, you have shed light on this that I did not know. So originally when I saw this, I said, I felt like if I was in charge, I would ban him for six months. But uh, I would much rather than ban him for 18 months than not ban him at all. So I was like, okay, whatever, this is a fine decision. But if what you're saying is true is that he's like actively going judge to judge. That's, uh, for the record, that's how I interpreted the Reddit post. If, if that's true, you could get him out of here forever for all I care. I'm, I'll be fine if he never comes back. That kind, of, that kind of stuff, I'm fine if you're banned forever. That's just that's so similar to just cheating to me, like stealing money from people. You're stealing money from the tournament. And it wasn't just an opportunistic thing that maybe you had a, a bit of weakness. You went and sought it out. That changes, changes it completely to me. Yeah, so do I understand that correctly, that he was going to, to each judge in the tournament hall asking for uh, a flood of strand for compensation? That's, that's how I read the Reddit post. Like, everybody, I tried posting it in the chat, and I posted it in our personal chat. Um, I read through the entire thing. And there was one person, individual, who said he went to a couple different judges and then eventually ended up talking to the tournament organizer. And uh, they, that's what I read. That's, that's at least how I interpreted it. Uh, I could have misread it. I could have misunderstood what its circumstance was being explained. But it seemed to me it wasn't just like, a, I forgot to hand in my deck list. I also didn't get a bag thing, like, as it was originally um, yeah read into it's also on reddit right like i'm a huge believer of don't believe everything you read on the internet but for them to give him an 18 month ban i think sort of proves it if if you believe it right yeah i i understand it did i understood it to be what andy thought it was that it was just like a one-time uh oh you know like yeah you're right no i didn't get it sort of thing i and not to condone it at all, I think it's you know despicable. Uh, but you know, I, I I hadn't read really anything, so I'm just I'm shocked to hear. I guess this this update, this new news. Uh, that's, yeah. that's pretty crazy. And, uh, that's wild. 
I think a lot of people hadn't read it. Um, I, I have been, I streamed, I've been streaming and somebody posted it in my chat or somebody mentioned it in chat and said that he had not given all possible information or it happened like a couple days after he had admitted to it. Um, and I think that's why like not a lot of people know about this Reddit thread, uh, just cause it's not being talked about. Um, and there's a lot of people that are defending what he did. And I, I don't think that's okay either. I think if you're okay with this sort of like complacent theft or whatever you want to call it, like it's not okay. Like some people are like, Oh, they make a lot of money or, Oh, like the tournament organizers are making money hand over fish. Like, no, like theft is theft. Even if he wasn't actively seeking it out. And uh, if you allow those people around you, they'll take from you. Also. I remember when people were talking about um, Betcher, sorry, cheating. And people were like, oh, well, like he's, he's probably just getting the bad end of things. Like people are just making it up. He doesn't, he said he wasn't doing it. And then they proved it. And then like people are saying the same thing with Bertoncini, like coming out now, like when I was friends with Bertoncini, I believed that he wasn't stealing or I believed that he wasn't cheating. And then he got caught and lied to my face about it. I think it's the exact same thing. I think like you just have to identify that. Don't stand for it sort of thing. So, so is he still actively uh, streaming, Derek? Not Magic that I know of. He streamed some Blackjack game, and <laughs> I don't know. If, if you know anything about Matt, he's kind of just crazy off the rails, so I, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, I don't know. I haven't really talked to him about it. I haven't really talked to anybody who's talking to him about it. Uh, I also don't know if everybody knows about the Reddit thread. Um, so, yeah, I, I've heard about that. Uh, I didn't read the Reddit thread, but you know, other people have told me that version of the story. So they must have read it uh, like the exact way that you interpret it. So, and uh, according oh. to this, go ahead, Dan. Or that was me. There was there's a lot of different people in that Reddit thread saying, "Yep, this is exactly how it happened." He went and sought out the promos. Um, Derek, one last word. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to, um, that's, that's what I want. Like, the reason I said that's the way I interpret it, because I didn't wanna, I want to, I want people to read this thread. I want everybody to understand exactly what was said in the thread and not take it secondhand from me. Um, because, like, I don't want it to be muddled, right? I don't want it to be skewed through my mouth. I just want everybody to have the information firsthand from the Reddit thread. Uh, more to protect myself than anything, but... <laughs> I'll see, you, I'll see you get more information. Maybe, maybe a final thought would be, bye, Matt. Bye. <laughs> bye. Um, his his reaction, his ultimate reaction to that is similar to Travis Wu, Wu for me. It's like, oh well, I was gonna quit Magic anyways, so this makes it easier, I guess. Type of reaction. So um, stupid. <laughs> Good to get your, your thoughts, Derek, because you, you were, like I said, sort of close to him, like a friend at one point, so. Yeah, and I, I want to say, like, it, it sucks. It sucks a lot because I thought we were friends, and it, I, like, I don't know if anybody I know personally will ever steal or cheat, but it, it sucks when somebody does something awful, and you're like, man, like, now, now I gotta not be friends with you, right? Like, it's like morally, like 
I don't know. It's, it's awful. Yeah, your, your friend lied to you. Your friend yeah. lied to you and stole from the hobby that probably matters the most to you. Yeah, and and we we're trying to build a community here, and we're trying to make people better at magic, and we're trying to show people that like magic is a good thing. And when you're put in a like a social area for magic, and you do something bad like this, there's obviously repercussions for your actions, and uh, like. I was thinking, like, if he wasn't a streamer, if he wasn't a big personality, would he have gotten 18 months? Or would have he made a half, half-assed apology? Or would he got dragged by Cedric that way? And I think, no, I think it might have gone a bit more under the radar. I think a lot of this sort of thing does go under the radar normally because people aren't big names like this. Um, and that's why I think reporting this sort of thing, whether it be cheating, stealing, or just general misconduct, is also very important. Um, so the judges and the DCI, uh, in power can do stuff about it. Right. Right on. Right on. Oh, that was, that was nice. Um, again, appreciate all your thoughts. And of course, I always appreciate Andy, uh, being very passionate on, on these, uh, controversial, sensitive topics for, for some. So, uh, great to have you guys on for this. Um, Man, what did I have in my next topic? Well, are, we gonna, of thought. are we going to talk about uh, GP Montreal? That's still in a while, right? That's still in three... Like two two weeks this Friday. October. Okay. Is, 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 can I not do time right either? Can't count. Can't do calendar. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, no, no it's, close it's coming up. Yeah, yeah. It's like two or three weeks, right? I'm really excited. I love Montreal. Maybe if I'm lucky, we'll get some time to go to Schwartz. <laughs> if uh, or Le Marquis. yeah, yeah, and the ultimate poutine place. And and well, at least I haven't been to every one of them, but it's definitely a highlight for me. If if you're if you're down with that stuff, um, Dan, are you still? I was going to cover this topic at some point near the end, but uh, while I think about what I wanted to talk about, uh, Dan, have you have you you've been keeping track with Hearthstone? Apparently, there was some some big news today announcement. Have you read about oh, it to get your yet. two cents on it? No, what the heck are you talking about? There were people tweeting about. It. They made announcements about um, the state of like their current state and what they're going to do. Now they're not going to have like the tournament. Um, I forget, but I was hoping that you'd be on, on the puzzle. No, man, you, you caught me off guard. <laughs> you didn't do your research, Dan. Yeah, I wish you told me ahead of time. This wasn't in the contract, Karyon. <laughs> All right, while you look that up, um, I'm going to say, to support the show, if you enjoyed the show so far, enjoyed any of our episodes, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash first strike. And uh, there was something else. I'm going to need some time to think about this. Um, or not. Or not. We're going to... Man, it's escaped my mind. I got consumed by the Matthew Folk stuff um, that I Bye, can't man. even think about. <laughs> the next thing. I, I guess I'll... Oh, come into play. Uh, my, uh, Andy, like, what, what's on your radar? What's coming up next for you? Uh, just GP Montreal? Are you coming down for that? 
yeah, I'm coming down to GP Montreal because my good friend and previous guest host, Elliot Fortier, lives there. And I'll be snoring up in his place, sleeping <laughs> there. And hopefully he'll uh, make sure I get to the event on time. <laughs> um, no, I look forward to that. Some limited will be a nice change of pace. I really, really love like high-level limited play. And it's some of the most fun you could possibly have. So I just pray that I do well enough to get me to a draft portion where I feel like I can, I can really have a, a pretty reasonable advantage because I know a lot of some of the people I consider some of the best limited minds and I want, I want to do well. And I love, love Montreal limited fun. And uh, I don't have to worry about a constructed format, which will be nice for a change. Cause I'm a little bitter about constructed as of late. And there are nothing for you outside of the GP, right? Uh, I don't think so. I hope not. I'm not prepared for anything. I don't even oh. know if I'm prepared for Montreal. Now I remember. Dan, you can keep reading because I want to get your, your honest, like, comprehensive breakdown. So I, I got the topic that I, that I just wanted to sort of bring into view. Uh, what's interesting, again, more controversy, which was, came from the Hall of Fame vote, but just an angle that I didn't think about previously. Uh, we had you know, Sam Black on, on his podcast um, with, with PV and, and Sigris. Um, escapes my mind what the podcast is called, like Pro Points Show. Pro or Points. Yeah. Yeah. Pro Points, um, where he basically accused Brad of stalling. And, and it's one of those things where I think like, Sometimes when you do a podcast, you're just not, I guess, like, oftentimes we're not afraid of saying certain things because you, you really don't know who's going to watch or listen. But in their case, you know, it's, I don't know if that happened. Where they, it's, really, it's really easy to be comfortable, like, now in this moment when you, know, you think maybe that person that you're talking about isn't listening. But uh, Sam Black ended up accusing Brad of, of stalling. Later on, after like the backlash, Twitter or Brad Nelson replying, like you know, Sam made like a, a sort of not. It was a weird tweet where he sort of said that okay, I don't think I do not think Brad is a cheater, but he didn't really directly reply or, or take back what he said. Like he didn't say like he was not you know trying to stall him out and stuff like that. And I think. Um, <clears throat> he he did. He I, did KYT. Sorry to interrupt, but he, he did, did take okay. it. Back. Okay. Um, but it also felt like, I don't know from your perspective, Andy, it just felt like he had to do it due to backlash. And now that I think about it, it's hard to call out cheaters because of all the uh, financial ramifications it can have. Because you can, someone who has, you know, was hired by SCG or CFB, if you start like, you know, lashing out at them, you know, and costing them their gig, that's a, a huge financial thing. And it's also one of those situations, it is tough to call someone that is publicly adored. So like, imagine if you, uh, Andy, like you started accusing LSV of cheating on Twitter. Like no one's ever going to believe you, right? Like everyone, and all that's going to cause is you uh, to be made fun of, to be cast out while it's easier to lash out at people that don't have the same amount of support uh, in certain places. Like, it's easy for us to, like, tweet out, hey, I think Li Shi Tian is a huge-ass cheater. Like, no one's, you know, you're not going to receive as much backlash as you would have come out of 
and accusing LSV. So I think all of this is is interesting. Like it, a lot of it and a lot of financial stuff may be at stake when it comes to the upcoming Pro Tour team series. Because I know like us, we we came out early. We got Shaheen and Edgar. That was uh, done behind the scenes. I was not aware of that because that's not my job. But we had gotten those teams. But I know there are other teams and. Well, if they approach a sponsor with an alleged cheater, are they going to be less interested? So there's so much impact that it actually discourages people from calling out each other. And I don't know. I didn't really have a point, but I just thought like this whole side, financial side of it, can is something that maybe people don't think about. What do you think about all that uh, thing I just said, Andy? <laughs> well. So I like how you started asking the question to Dan and it ends being asked to me, but, <laughs> but, uh, so with all the things you said, so a, a lot of the time you're saying, talking about people who are adored and how sometimes it's harder to accuse, like talk about accusations of them cheating, but you do have to take into consideration that part of the reason they're adored is likely due to the fact that they're part of like the, the pro community and they're liked among that community, which usually means that they're known as a clean player. There's obviously different sort of like uh, biases, like regional biases that also play into this uh, pretty big. But I think like a player like Brad Nelson, he's like been pretty clean from from what I see almost the whole time. And then when you watch the video that Sam Black was talking about, it didn't look that bad to me. And then Sam Black, basically, he, what it seemed like is that he was upset with what happened and he felt like, he was sort of cheated out of a match. But in the end, it seems like he came to the realization that he felt more cheated by the rules of like the turn system in the last uh, five turns of a game of Magic than necessarily Brad doing anything illegal or shady. And that's kind of what he ended up saying after like strongly accusing Brad of that. He kind of backpedaled, maybe thought about it a little bit more. Because sometimes on a podcast, you're just saying what you feel in the moment. You don't think about the ramifications. And you might just say something that, even though you, like he felt cheated and Brad was his opponent, so maybe he just associated that to that. But then later upon reflection, realizes that he was just upset about the fact that because time was called, Brad thought for a second and then thought about playing something on the end step which then he did, I believe. And then all of a sudden, Brad or Sam was turn zero, Brad was turn one. So that actually mattered a lot. But then Sam ended up saying that he was upset about the rules. So with that situation. But with the financial thing, yeah, there is a, there is a ramifications there because like you might get put on a team with this or like let's say I accuse Brad Nelson of cheating. Sponsor Coca-Cola wants to sponsor Brad Nelson. They pull up Brad Nelson's Twitter. They see oh, someone accused him of cheating? Like, just by looking through his Twitter feed, not very long. They don't have any idea about magic, right? Some of these sponsors might not. And they look at this and like, well, I'll pass on that guy. I might as well just go for someone else. There's a million of these pros. So they could just go on to someone else. So there is some financial ramifications, I think, with some of the sponsors that might not know as much about the game. But hopefully that kind of stuff gets weeded out when uh, they do real research and don't just kind of face value scroll a tweet, Twitter. All right. Dan, do you have the Hearthstone report ready for us? I do. Yeah. I mean, granted, I've, I've had all of, you know, two minutes to look over it. But uh, this seems like an awesome update. This is the sort of thing that I wish Wizards would take part in. You know, do something like this. Give us sort of like a State of the Union address. Like, this is where we're at. 
This is what we want to do. This is how we feel about this format. This is how we feel about, you know, this card. This is how we feel about, you know, future ban and restricted updates. And, uh, you know, they're actually, you know, petitioning for feedback, for comments. They're, they're not, you know, they're not being silent. They're not, you know, keeping all their discussions behind closed doors. They're, they're opening it up to the public and, and getting a pulse for what's going on. So uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, they, they announced a few game updates and just sort of told everyone, you know, where their head is at in terms of balance for wild and whatnot. It looks like, you know, they speak to what they see in terms of popular archetypes for the standard format, the health of those. Uh, they speak about um, cards that are perhaps performing better than they had intended, but commenting on where they feel the power level of those cards are in respect to the rest of the format and, and, and explaining their justification for it. They're talking about future possibilities for balance updates to the wild format. Uh, they're talking about uh, their plans to release new cards that are going to be essentially evergreen for the standard format cards that are going into the classic set, which is something they've never done. Um, and they're talking about adding new ranks to, to improve the player experience for, for newer players joining the platform. So this all seems like awesome, awesome stuff to post about, just to sort of get a pulse from the community. Um, I'm surprised I didn't see this before, but I'm happy that I'm seeing it now. I think this is really awesome. The transparency is really appreciated. I don't play Hearthstone competitively, but I do play it for fun. And uh, I love that Blizzard is, is sort of taking it upon themselves to uh, to to be this this forward with their information, and I wish that you know an organization like Watsi would maybe take notice and, and you know try to apply this to some of their uh, communications in the future because it has been something that they have struggled with in the past. So I think the one negative thing that people were upset about, I guess, competitive side, was that. Um, so I'm just going to quickly read this. I think they're talking about this specific section. Earlier this year, we talked about adding a new feature to Hearthstone that would make it easier to organize tournaments for fireside gatherings and yeah. private events. The team has been working on this feature for some time. It was originally slated to arrive this year. Unfortunately, Indian tournaments are now on hold, so we want to take this opportunity to explain why, and I guess they don't want to do this anytime soon. Is that, is that uh, what you... Yeah, so I mean, like I, I, I did see this part. You know, I, I skimmed it just as I did everything else. Uh, I think the transparency is amazing. You know, like I wish that they would. I wish the Watsi, for example, would sort of explain where they're at with. I think it's called Arena, their new Magic Online platform. Um, I, I wish they would sort of explain where they're at with development, what's holding them up, where they think that the features are going to be, you know, commercially available outside of the beta. Um, maybe share some of the feedback that they're getting from the people that are actually playing it. Um, I, you know, like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's okay to feel disappointed and slighted that this tournament mode is not going to be released in the near future. But um, I, I think that anyone reading this should feel happy and confident that Blizzard has their best interests at heart, that they're even communicating that this isn't going to be available anytime soon that this is something that they have acknowledged and want to bring to the platform, but it's going to take some time. You know, I, I, I work for a tech company. I understand that, you know, different things that are in development sometimes go through uh, periods of, 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 of great, 
w w when, when things are moving ahead of schedule and, and, and things are going well and, you know, when setbacks come in and, you know, things may be reeled back and scaled back just to, you know, accommodate for, you know, whatever the hell went on in the, in the background. And, uh, yeah, again, the fact that they're being this transparent about where they're at with with this feature really speaks great volumes to just the amazing team that they have. I, I think this is a good thing. You know, it sucks that it's not going to be available tomorrow, but they've acknowledged that they want to bring it to the platform. And I think we should all be happy about that. Um, so someone by the name, uh, maybe you guys know about Frodan, who's in uh, eSports, uh, Twitch eSports <clears throat> program manager, uh, says, as the game, Hearthstone is at an awkward puberty phase, player base is growing up. Hearthstone lacks meaningful progression for seasoned veterans. Hit legend, get golden heroes, and get card backs. You're pretty much done. Next logical step is taking Hearthstone more seriously, aka competitive outlets. Competitive outlets don't have to be large esports stages or events. Right now, there's a huge chasm between tournament player and ladder player. What do you do if you wish to dive in beyond just hitting legend? Dish out cash to travel? That's where tournament mode plugs the gap. So he's he's uh, he's won that tournament mode now, and uh, you're not going to have, I guess, that outlet in in Hearthstone yet, as you have in you know the PPTQ system and PTQ system within MTGO and stuff like that. But like that's that's it. I guess it's going to come, and that's going to be a huge thing once it does come for 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 people who are hyper competitive about Hearthstone. We live in an awkward time in the world where, you know, it, it's, it's so easy to get instant gratification for just about anything that you're passionate with. I think people forget that sometimes, you know, it, things are a process and things take time. And uh, this is a good change for Hearthstone. Like, this is going to be a great thing for the future of the game. And uh, it's, it's going to take time for them to do it right. I'd rather them take the time to really think out the, you know, just the nuances of bringing something like this to the platform. And, and you know, I'd rather them, you know, release something good rather than half-baked, you know? And, and the fact that they're taking the time to, to, to take a step back and assess where they're at and, and, and really, you know, put the proper resources into this to make it a thing in the future. Uh, just, again, yeah, it, it's only a positive thing. Good things take time. Um, I, I thought it would be pretty cool to bring this up just because just it's one of Magic's competitors, but it's always great to see what other other people are doing on, on the show, um, whether it be Hearthstone, whether it be Shadowverse with, with Jerry, or, or any other uh, similar card games, or Eternal, or, or any of these things. Um, I know you know there's stuff like Epic, um, all these other things coming out. There's uh, Richard Garfield's Artifact. People are even tweeting at me how they want to start their own strategy site or content site for, for Artifact and wanted advice from me on, on how I started up, you know, my own site. So we're, we're seeing all these other games pick up. So um, any, any last words from you, Dan, as we wrap up? Uh... <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... A no, let's have a mulligan. How's it going, Dan? <laughs> Things are well. My my headphones are dying right now, so the faster we get me off speaker, the the, the better. All right. Um, <laughs> I know you you're a huge NHL fan, but have you ever dived into fantasy leagues? Never. No, I'm not much of a you know gambler or or a gamer in that sense. I like to 
I don't know. I like to control my variance by playing, you know, strategy games rather than, you know. <laughs> so I, 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 just I, don't, I don't have a good answer to that. I still imagine you, I don't know. You, you never, now that I know that you probably never play, so there's just a funny image of like, imagine you yelling at, in like Pittsburgh, yelling at one of the players, do something! Oh, it happens. <laughs> Regardless of gaming or gambling or not, like, it, believe me, it happens. <laughs> um, any last words from you guys? Derek? Eh, not really. I'm excited for Montreal. If you're, uh, if you're coming to Montreal, Come say hi. I'm going to win the event. So, uh, see you there. All right. Hey, strong words. Eddie? Uh, enjoy the yard, Matt, folks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. And uh, for everyone else, you can pre-order your playset of Citywide Buzz on FaceToFaceGames.com. Definitely do that. And, and if you guys... Ever get them altered with buses on it? Uh, definitely tweet at us, send us pictures. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, for Andy, Dan, Dirk, and I, we'll see you next week and at GP Montreal, hopefully. So thank you for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, give us a thumbs up, or to subscribe to our iTunes or podcast feed. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.